now plugged in to the Delphi Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Delphi Podcast. I'm Tom Shaughnessy, and I help lead Delphi Ventures, as well as host some of the most in-the-weeds and thought-provoking guests across crypto, spanning layer ones to DeFi, NFTs, and beyond. The goal is to have fun, but also to dive deep and offer foundational episodes on projects and founders. Also, check out our research on Delphi Digital or miss out on the most compelling research there is. It's up to you. As a reminder, nothing said on this podcast is a solicitation to buy or sell any security or token or to make any financial decisions. Delphi Ventures may hold tokens mentioned, so check out our transparency page in the show notes for more info. With that, let's dive in. See you guys on the other side. Before we jump in, we'd like to thank our sponsors for making this episode possible. Kava is a cross-chain DeFi platform that gives you the ability to earn more by connecting the world's largest cryptocurrencies, ecosystems, and financial applications in one safe and seamless integration. We're excited for the upcoming launch of the Swap Protocol, a cross-chain AMM liquidity hub bridging DeFi, blockchains, and financial services to swap the world's largest assets and maximize yields across your entire portfolio. Swap will join the Kava protocol and Hard protocol as the next application built on the Kava platform. Celo is a mobile-first platform that makes financial dApps and crypto payments accessible to anyone with a mobile phone, providing the opportunity to positively impact the users of 6 billion smartphones in circulation today. Celo's eco-friendly proof-of-stake consensus mechanism and ultra-mobile light client makes up to 17,000 times faster than other blockchains and accessible to mobile phone users around the world. Visit Celo.org to learn more. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Tom Shaughnessy, one of the hosts of the podcast. and I help lead Delphi Ventures. Today, I have a really galaxy brain panel here. It's actually in a conference room for those watching the video. I have Chad on from the ThorChain team, Duncan from Immunify, Gavin from Nine Realms, and Robert and Steven from Halborn here to talk about ThorChain. Uh, previous hack, how the protocol has become a lot hardened and safer and more secure in the future. Um, with that, we'll kind of go in order here. Chad, why don't you give your quick background? We'll run through everyone. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm, my name is Chad uh, Barraford. I'm a technical lead on the ThorChain project. I've been with it since, uh, I think it was July 2018, something like that. That's awesome. Duncan, you want to go next? Uh, yeah, so I'm CTO of Immunify. Immunify is the immune system of crypto. Uh, we're really DeFi's last line of defense against attacks. We've got the world's biggest bug bounties. I love that. I'm Gavin McDermott, uh, founder and CEO of Nine Realms. And Nine Realms is effectively bringing institutional infrastructure and some, uh, some of the extension of the protocol to the Thorchain ecosystem. Love that. Uh, hey there, I'm Rob. Uh, so I'm the CEO and co-founder over at Halborn. Halborn is hyper-focused on uh, securing the convergence of CFI and DeFi. So we typically sit right in the middle, work on uh, the more centralized aspects of penetration testing, uh, technical diligence, and so on. And then DeFi world, working on all sorts of things, including uh, our most recent engagement working with Thorchain. Yeah, I'm Stephen Walbro, uh, partners with Rob. Uh, I'm the CISO for Halborn, so I do all the uh, the technical work and uh, work with the engineers at Halborn to uh, test and secure ThorChain, uh, among other blockchain protocols. So uh, I do all the, the tech stuff uh, and uh, some of the, the offensive security work. That's awesome, guys. Thanks for introducing everyone. We've had a lot of great deep dive podcasts on what ThorChain is. Disclosure, uh, Delphi is an investor. 
to throw that out there, happily so. Why don't we start, guys, with kind of a recap of, of what exactly happened to Thorchain over the past couple of months hack-wise? Like, let's dive into just an overview on the hack, and, and then we can go from there. Free for whoever wants to grab it. Yeah, yeah, I can start. Um, you know, I'll go into the, the the details at a high level with some technical uh, aspects of the hack. And if you guys are familiar with Thorchain, or if not, uh, you know, the there's a, a the bridge uh, essentially they call the Bifrost uh, that allows transactions between different protocols uh, was the target of the hack. And what happened the first time was um, somebody actually figured out that they could wrap uh, one of the bridge's routers contract. And uh, they sent a message with uh, essentially saying, hey, I'm going to transfer Ether to this, uh, to the wrapped contract, which then forwarded to the bridge and essentially tricking the bridge into saying that, you know, inflating the value of the, of the underlying tokens and uh, the message value is actually zero. So what happens was this, this allowed uh, the, the attacker to uh, kind of manipulate what the, the price was uh, and uh, enable like arbitrage between a lot of the token prices here and 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 trick that because of the uh, the way that it was parsing the the message of, of the value um, that was sent. So essentially, uh, by wrapping that router, they were able to um, you know send a value uh, which the router would then allow it to change the price of the token with zero and then extract it uh, to allow you know arbitrage and, and the price slippage there. So. There was also another attack that happened right, right after that with, uh, again, the memo uh, field. So if you, you guys ever see the, uh, the transactions um, that are occurring, the, the memo field is actually something that is parsed and split up. And uh, by manipulating the memo field, um, they were able to almost like inject, you know, kind of uh, arbitrary uh, messages to cause, uh, cause different payouts. So it's pretty, uh, pretty interesting attack vectors um, that were done. And... Uh, you know, right now, there's uh, maybe Chad can go into some of the uh, things that happen about halting the validators and uh, not letting some of the uh, the flash you know flashbots come to you know do the extraction from it. So I know there's a lot of a lot of uh, questions around you know, how that approach was handled. Yeah, I really really appreciate the overview, Stephen. Chad, definitely dive in. Yeah, uh, another way to think about the attacks is uh, and, and just to add to what um, Stephen was just saying is that it. it Somebody was able to figure out a way to trick the Bifrost to think that it received an asset, like Ethereum, for example, that it didn't actually receive. The person was able to swap in, you know, with like ten Ethereum, for for example, and then to get something out on the other side. But they never sent in the ten Ethereum to begin with, right? So they tricked the network to think that it received funds that it didn't actually receive. Effectively, that's a very simple way of kind of explaining it. And so once that was happening, they were able to, you know, swap large quantities of Ethereum. Uh, fake Ethereum, really, uh, into the network to, re to receive real tokens out on the other side of it. Uh, I think all of a sudden, it was like around like $14 million out of those two attacks uh, on the network was, was extrapolated. In these, uh, in these incidents, uh, anybody that was uh, affected by the incidents, any liquidity providers, are all getting made whole again. So in the end, everybody who's like providing liquidity to the network will receive you know, every um, coin back to them effectively. Uh, that's what's in the process of happening now. Also in the process of happening now is a whole myriad of uh, security-focused uh, changes to the protocol, to the network, to procedures and policies, to expanding the team, to having more internal people to be monitoring security and external people too. Uh, it's a pretty uh, wide and long range of <laughs> of uh, action items that the, the team and the creative community took to to better secure the system from uh, any kind of attack, not just these specific attacks, but any kind of attack for that matter. 
that where I'm happy to get more into details of that. I don't know where you want to start and all that kind of stuff. No, no, these are great overviews. And, and guys, I just want to just like to zoom out a second. Like I was on your discord when this was all happening and, you know, I saw the community obviously be shocked by it, but I also saw them come together in a really fast way and try and get to the bottom of this. What would you guys say was the strengths and I guess weaknesses of ThorChain's response to the, these hacks as they happened? I mean, one of the strengths I'll say was the, so you have a completely like this, this is, it's a loose collection of, of folks who are operating nodes and the response time was, has had improved over, over the quality of those two weeks, kind of when, when the, when the exploits were happening and what happened over, what happened over really over the last four to six weeks, you know, up to this point in time is the community response. And I'll, you know, I'll speak from, from our side specifically, we realized some of the, some of the gaps and like, this is actually where networks are made, right? What gets you to this point And then what gets you beyond this point are two different things. And so the way that the community showed up in response to these things was something that's kind of blown me away. And so that's that's one of those areas where uh, if anybody's paying attention to just beyond the surface level, there's some really great work going on that is what's going to allow this protocol to mature. And all things all things considered, you know, the fact that the Treasury can handle this and the fact that that just the nature of this exploit is what it was. I don't know if there was another event that could have happened so early in this protocol's lifetime that would have allowed all of us to come together to focus and understand security and start changing the posture of the network in this direction without it being a much larger exploit or something that was far more serious. And so from that standpoint, I look at it as like, this is probably the best time for this to happen. Yeah, to add to the two cents he had, the, it's, I think it's pretty amazing, the, the, the Discord community. Uh, I've never seen anything like it before as far as the knowledge level of the people, you know, the, the people that are running validators and participating in the network. I mean, even us, as we were doing audits, uh, we got ideas from a lot of the, the, the people that are participants, or whether they're staking or just in the Discord channel. And I, I was uh, pretty, pretty surprised at the, the level of knowledge and um, passion that the community had uh, to, just to help motivate and, and drive us, but also give us like ideas and, and help and assistance for us so we can you know, react faster to it. So there's a lot of um, a lot of individuals that I was almost like, hey, you want a job here because you like you're really good. You know, like you're doing security auditing here for because uh, you know, they're they're invested in in uh, the health of the network and in finding these problems. So that was really, uh, really motivating um, and uh, encouraging as well. Um, and then, you know, you know, one thing I would. To, to answer the other side of it, uh, I would say weakness, but not really weakness, because I actually admire uh, the fact that it's almost one of the the few like true decentralized type of networks where you know if there's an incident going on, uh, everybody had to like you know they halt, you have to update the systems, you know manage your validators in a certain way, which shows you know this is something that 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 is true consensus. It's not like a single admin key that. Somebody comes in and says, "Oh, I'm going to hit the, the pause function," and then everything stops. You know, that's that's centralized, and it gives you a good sense of protection. You know, in case something happens. But but in the case of this, you know, it was um it was it was decentralized uh, a management of of handling the network. So um, I think it, I, I admire that because you don't see that too too much in the space right now in this stage. And really quick side and note on that quick. one, like on the on the nine realms like the the, the I mean, even, like even your guys our teams are collaborating now like we hadn't talked you know two months ago our teams really we were operating in the same domain but we hadn't been talking and now behind the scenes there's a whole lot of work going on in terms of like shared test nets testing environments ways of and just like so the kind of cross pollination that's now taking place in this ecosystem as a result uh, it's awesome absolutely 
and, and to heap more praise on the community, you know, I haven't seen a community respond to a vulnerability event like this, you know, ever. Um, you know, the the passion, the drive, the determination, uh, and the you know the belief in Thorchain as a as a protocol as a concept. You know, it's really incredible. Um, just the stick to itiveness and the the passion that everyone's demonstrated. To be devil's advocate here, what what would you guys say is one thing you wish was improved about the response? Just to like ultra critical, what was one thing you guys would change to do better? Just to play the devil's advocate side of the table. There's there's one thing that um, we were we were wondering here, and this is not meant to be offensive to anybody in the community here, but it's actually almost a a compliment. Is there's a a lot of the smart people that are on there. At first, my uh, my sixth sense was like, huh, I think the attacker is definitely somebody in the community because they know too much about it. Um, and because it's so transparent with what we're doing for our auditing about, hey, you know, if we find vulnerabilities, let's uh, you know talk about it on the Discord publicly. Um, I think that sometimes we should think about that because uh, if we do find issues and immediately say, hey, here's the issue, then you know it could possibly be exploited you know right away before we find a fix for it. So a little bit more discretion um, in in the auditing that we're all doing, you know, as uh, you know, security partners with Thorchain, is to, if we see something, maybe take care of it, uh, find the mitigation, put in the GitHub release, then then talk or announce it. Um, so that was I was a little paranoid about that at first, but um, I think now we're we have the right processes to you know go from finding to uh, to uh, patch to disclosure. Yeah, I mean, I, I, just to attack you know a protocol that I'm very dearly connected to. <laughs> well, so one thing I think the the, the team had done uh, could have done a lot better on is uh, bringing more eyes into the code earlier on. Really, this the number of people who actually look at this code and and, and participate and and comment on the changes and all these things is actually very 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 small quantity of individuals and that's not a good thing right we want more eyes more um smart brilliant people to get involved that's one of the things that bitcoin core has that's that's amazing about it they've had over 800 contributors to that uh protocol which is fantastic it's amazing it's awesome uh and i would love to see kind of thorchain heading in that direction and unfortunately we're not there quite yet but there's some really good uh, actions that was taken over the last few weeks to kind of push it in that direction. We've got a lot more eyes, very smart eyes, uh, looking at the code to, to find uh, any kind of problems or exploits that you can possibly conceive of. I know that uh, some members of the, of the community, some members of the team, uh, myself included, uh, got very tired and <laughs> was operating on very little hours of sleep, extremely little hours of sleep. And I certainly made some mistakes myself personally, which uh, I certainly will regret. Uh, but we have to move forward. We're going to be moving forward. We're going to be relaunching this network. It's going to be bigger, uh, badder, and stronger than ever was before, for sure. I, I really well, appreciate that's you guys being, being honest about this. Yeah, no, it's great color. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Like, honestly, that was the biggest thing. It's like the transparency and communication because there was so much, everybody, there was so much work going on behind the scenes that sometimes the public communication was lacking. And that's honestly one of the commitments that I think everybody here on this call has probably gotten around to like, okay, in this next phase, we've just got to be a little bit more, just a little bit better in terms of, you know, information throughput and in transparency, you know, everybody was kind of scrambling and the job is getting done, but that's, that's one of those areas where improvement could definitely kind of, could happen. Yeah, I think, I think we're, we're definitely, uh, at first it was like a, a reactive impulse. We got everybody involved. We're trying to fix the problem and get, you know, get the network back to how, to how it was. So the next steps, you know, as far as uh, future and to, to build on those improvements that, that Chad has just mentioned uh, would be to have more standards and procedures, uh, 
maybe not so uh, like a cowboy code, I guess you could say. So, um, yeah, we, we, you learn a lot from your mistakes. And I think we should take, you know, some of the mistakes that have been fixed and now uh, build, uh, build better security into it. You know, the whole like DevOps methodology of shifting left and uh, have, have maybe documentation around this, build like a set of practices as far as security and even code development. Um, that Thorchain's community and and the the, the main developers could uh, could take and and that's going to really impact uh, security in the long term um, because now if you're following these practices you'll you'll find uh, issues before they get exploited in the wild. One question I have for the panel is, you know, you have a hack and it's an it's a inflection point where you're able to put a lot of eyes, a lot of power. You know, Nine Realms, Halborn, Immunify, the core devs, the community, everyone's looking at the code. How do you guys sustain that level of like depth for the next year, two years, three years, right? Because like everyone's looking at the code now, but you guys are going to be adding since there's going to be new chains added. You're going to have cross-chain value transfer for potentially every chain and be an important piece of infrastructure. How do you maintain like what you guys have now, what you're doing now? How do you make sure that it's the same way a year from now? I'll throw something out there just to jump on this one, like, because this is actually what I think is the most exciting piece of where we are right now. Think about ThorChain as a tier one exchange, right? We've got to have the response capability and the delivery in terms of like security posture, all this stuff as a tier one exchange, except we're building it from the inside out. So everything is public. Whereas a centralized exchange can just kind of hide the mistakes. That, that delta is, is an interesting thing to just kind of like be aware of. And so ThorChain at its core is kind of a very creative engineering endeavor. And as a result, what's required for security also needs to meet it, meet the engineering challenge as creatively. And so kind of going above and beyond that standard is, is kind of what we have to create here, right? Like that's why some of these things have been stood up. The unique, the unique engagement with Halborn is one thing. The bug bounty and like the relationship that's being created with Immunify going forward, that's another thing. And on the other side, uh, Thorsec, that's, that's a specific function that is pro- project specific that's stood up for the long term to do a very specific thing. In the end, as we start to do this, like because Thorchain's topology is kind of varied and it it functions as this large L1 decentralized exchange we've got to we've got to create the incentives and the models to secure this thing in a way that a lot of defi protocols don't and that's part of the creative challenge here um, but i mean we're I, I i mean i wouldn't be on this call if, if i didn't think we were up to it and also some of the things that have come together over the last 6 weeks i think start to show the first prototype steps of that uh, but also some of the people that are getting involved on this like we've got the firepower to make this thing very, very in a different way over the next 12 to 18 months. And so I think that's some of the commitment from all these people that are on this call, but also the people who are going to be coming in is the acknowledgement and recognition of what the nature of this project actually is and can be. Well, no, I mean, this is why, uh, this is why it's been exciting to kind of like, these are kind of like seeds that are now being planted that are only going to sprout over the next uh, many months, many years at this point. So you know, that's why we were excited to get started with not only our first round of penetration testing, which was absolutely necessary for this incident, but really what we essentially look at as sort of security advisory, which we're, we're essentially calling advanced persistent, like, you know, protection services or whatever, because there's this idea that uh, no matter what, the, the, the bad guys are out there and being persistent. They're always there. They're always looking for new holes. They're always waiting for the next upgrade, for the next get push for the next for the next repo to be pushed out there so that they can look for the things that haven't been found just yet. And so the idea being is that now Thorchain has the basically you're putting together not even really an army. I kind of look at this almost as like they're putting together sort of like a SEAL team six to kind of just go in and infiltrate 
ahead of the bad guys uh, and make sure that things are secured throughout all the upcoming deployments as well. Uh, and so that's why we're excited to be able to um, basically a ramp up period over the next three months of getting some of our, like Halborn's constantly growing. So all of our best new hires, it's like the, the guys coming in that are fantastic already with Golang and have already like have a couple zero days under their belt, of, you know, outside of this, we're putting them directly into this ecosystem. And what you're doing there is you're creating expertise over time. So it's almost like something that is exponentially growing as time goes on. Yeah, definitely. And There's that uh, is... you can consider it like a blessing and a curse with uh, with like Thorchain because uh, it does lots of things. There's there's many bridges, lots of functionality that enables, which is which is why it's so popular and there's there's such a big community around it. But complexity is also the enemy of security. So the more complex and more functionality uh, that you enable, uh, the the more holes that can come out, and they become more elusive over time as well as you start adding modules and you you know the 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 environment grows and you have these like economical type of attacks that are very hard to find. So it takes a lot of uh, I would say tribal knowledge and, and get, becoming familiar with the way the system works. So this is something that when you have a dedicated team, you know, from from us at Halborn, engineers training for it, from Immunify, and everybody's there for the long term, you start to learn how this system works and and how Thorchain operates, and you you kind of like see all of the the hidden functionality behind the scenes, and you become very familiar and intimate with it. And that's where you really hit the nail on the head on like really good security is you have a, a dedicated team that that knows the complexities and knows the common patterns and you know a lot of the different models and, and compositions that you can you know do formal verification on. Whereas if you had you know somebody, okay, we have this new module, let go ahead, let's do an audit in two weeks, you know, nobody's gonna learn the system in two weeks and, and find all the holes in there. It's 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 massive. Uh, the code is complicated. So uh, what what Thorchain and and everybody here on this panel is be, uh, getting involved with now is the right way to do it. To to have experts that are familiar with it for the long term and month over month train individuals and and become uh, you know be, become you know Thorchain offensive engineers that know how to 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 find these issues before um, bad guys do. Yeah, no, it's great great context. And I want to talk a bit about Immunify, Duncan. It's a different approach to finding bugs. You guys hit the ground really hard, really fast. Give us a sense of what Immunify is and how you guys got engaged with Thorchain. Yeah, so it really is um, a different follow-on security approach to traditional auditing, um, totally complementary to that system. You know, the idea here is your independent hackers bring uh, a fresh mindset to these sorts of things. Uh, we are seeing people surfacing novel kinds of attacks through Immunify. It's also a way of tilting economic skills in favor of the project, right? Um, yeah, I'm sure everybody knows that the the hacker of the the first um, exploit, uh, you know, published that a 10% bounty could have prevented that. I mean, that's that's basically Immunify's bread and butter, right? The idea is, you know, you you post that 10% bounty, black hats take notice and they go, you know what? I'll take 10% rather than 100% because it's clean money. So uh, as far as our involvement, um, my co-founder Traven uh, got involved with. Thorchain pretty much immediately after the attacks um, really expedited our uh, onboarding process to tailor that bug bounty program to Thorchain's needs, you know, provide a uh, strong front to the community and really assure everyone that Thorchain does take security seriously and they're going to put their money where their mouth is. Actually, that's an area to kind of clear the air too. Like 
Immunify stood up immediately as soon as that, it's like day zero of the hack. Traven was on the line with, uh, with, uh, with, and we were getting things stood up. And like, that was one of the areas where, you know, as the community was starting to surface things and talk about exploits in the Discord channels, there was a lot of noise we were getting that stood up. So I know there, there was a little bit of like, some people were like, what's the nature of the bug bounty program? But one thing was, is, uh, you know, like, I think we, we smoothed things out as fast as possible, but really that was only the route possible because Immunify stood up so quickly and expedited the process. It happened on a Friday and we were on the line with Traven Friday night, Saturday, and by Sunday, the proposal was ready to go and everything was just beautiful. So like just awesome work, you guys. Yeah, no, I, I mean, hands out to both of you guys. I mean, Unify and Halborn, you guys got started quick and Dorchain's better to have both of your teams kind of jamming this down I, I, and fixing it. It's amazing. I'd love to chat a bit about ThorSec. Um, yeah. let's, let's dive in there. Yeah, so, uh, so on, the nine, on the Nine Realms side, that was kind of like, realizing that the security of this network kind of needs a little bit, something a little bit beyond the typical engagement. And we kind of saw that coming together. We had some friends in our network who were, you know, world-class white hat hackers. I mean, they're at the top of the board with some network exploits and that's how they made, that's how they've made their living and just, they do it for fun. But they're, they're two guys who, who are just extraordinarily good. They've been interested in ThorChain for a long time. And as this actually happened, this kind of provided the fertile soil for us to create kind of this unique thing called ThorSec, where we'd have kind of, two world-class white hatters who would focus on effectively being offensive security, kind of like how Born is saying. So we've got this team now um, that is reviewing every pull request. They're, you know, talking with Chad and the, the core team on a daily basis, um, helping set up, you know, environments for, for testing and exploits and everything that's going through. So as, you know, new security features and new modules and things get plugged into ThorChain, we can have a new type of testing environment for, for doing things. This, this becomes useful to everybody, how Born, us, everyone. And so we looked at it kind of from our perspective of we've got the resources. These guys are, you know, some of the best in the world as well, and they want to focus here. And so it made sense to just kind of create this unique function. If you're looking talking about a tier one centralized exchange, they'd have a security team. And so we looked at it as, well, we need something then that is that is funded by the treasury, that is a part of the core protocol, but it's distinct from the guys writing the core code. So they think about it differently. They think about it from the security standpoint. And then there's a really tight connection, but it's a loose coupling. So it's just basically the Thor, the Thor chain like focus security aspect that will grow over time as the security surface or as the as the surface of the protocol grows. Um, but as a starting point, these guys are just quite capable. So they're you know some of the best in the world. And so now that we have this kind of like we've got this mesh of security kind of wrapping Thor chain from you know from a different an array of perspectives. And so ThorSec was kind of our approach to you know, to just throwing something into the mix that was, that would become a core part of the protocol going forward. I like, I I like how that. you mentioned the array, array of a, a mix of things too, because Rob and I at Halborn, we always say that the pen testing and offensive security is more of like an art form. Uh, everybody has their own canvas, they, uh, their own methodologies, their way of doing things. And the, the more perspectives you have, you know, of bringing the experience, you know, from Nine Realms, from Unify, Halborn, anybody else, you're going to get different attack patterns and a different attack services. So uh, because of that perspective and the experience that people bring, you know, you're going to get way more coverage. Um, so having that diversity uh, is going to be huge in the long run as well. No, I, I totally agree. Having spectrum is really important because you have white hat, like a plus devs within the community with Thorsec, you have Halborn, you guys are incredible. And then you have the community with Immunify. I guess my question for you guys is it's, it's hard to talk about results since you guys have all started, because it's highly technical and, and you don't want to share anything that could be exploited somewhere else. But 
can, can you guys all give a taste of, I guess, your work so far? Like if somebody boss came to you and said, Hey, what have you guys done for Thorchain lately? You know, what, what would be the, uh, the answer there? Well, so another team, by the way, too, Trail of, uh, Trail of Bits has also been uh, finishing up their own audit uh, of the network as well. So we have Haliborn, you have the Thorsec, you have Trail of Bits, you have a lot of different hands going into it. But one of the things that, that I've been involved with is uh, building these kind of blanketed protections uh, for the protocol itself. So the network now checks for insolvency. So if somebody sends in like a fake ETH, like last time, right, the network can instantly detect that hey, we thought we got 15 ETH from this guy, but we really didn't get anything. And so let's just halt everything, figure out what the problem is, and then resume things when when uh, the, the chain autonomous does it on its, on its own without any uh, human interaction whatsoever. That's the first one. That's, that's kind of protecting the ingress. The outgress of funds getting sent out, uh, there's a, a new feature being added where uh, when there's a large volume of trades happening through the network, it actually slows down those trades or slows down the, the output of those trades. Uh, can slow a uh, trade up to an hour effectively. And that gives the the community time that if some sort of attack happens and someone's trying to pull out $8 million out of the network for some reason or whatever, you know, the network would just naturally just slow itself down, giving opportunity for the community to see what's happening. Like, oh, wait, this is an attack. Let's, you know, come together. Let's, you know, stop the attack from happening so they don't actually pull out any funds out of the network, hopefully. Uh, these approach are, approaches are more like, a catch-all approach to any type of exploit you might find. If you're trying to find every single exploit, you may or may not find them, and you don't know how many there are, right? In inherently, you never know, right? Uh, no matter what you do. Uh, and, but now we have these systems in place that will pr protect the network from a whole myriad of possible uh, attack vectors, whether you're doing this way or that way on this chain or that chain, doesn't matter. Uh, vast majority of situations, these two blanketed protections can protect the network from such exploits. Yeah, one thing that um, that Halborn did uh, in a unique approach that helped us find uh, some issues is, you know, it's one thing to look through the code and, and uh, see what it's doing and, and find vulnerabilities of like static analysis. Um, but we actually realized, hey, we need to create our own validator and you know connect it to like the chaos net and you know interact with it dynamically. Um, so our expertise, like Rob mentioned before, there's like the CFI and DeFi. We have a lot of enterprise security experience and DevOps as well. So we created our, our own validator infrastructure. Um, and part of the scope that we're doing, uh, besides a lot of the contract and the code, is looking at things like the Kubernetes deployments and the node deployers and the way that these validators are created and, and looking. So when, uh, when we were going through that, you know, there's a few few issues that we could see. Like, yeah, this might be an insecure way to deploy nodes or it's not hardened correctly. Um, so providing uh, you know, extra findings just, just around uh, the security of the infrastructure, not just uh, the consensus or the code itself. Uh, so now interacting with it dynamically and attacking something on a live network and seeing how it responds uh, has been huge for us as well. So uh, yeah, we're participating in the network and, and adding funds to find those uh, those things that you can't, it's very hard to imagine how it would uh, react in a, in a live environment. Uh, and now we're, we're kind of getting our hands in there and you know try to, try to wrangle the beast now um, <laughs> just live on the network. Also, what's completely like in, in every other industry outside of this blockchain ecosystem, it's absolutely nuts. Like if you're in the middle of doing a penetration test, none of that has ever seen the light of day. You know, if you're penetration testing the infrastructure of a bank, you're keeping that throughout the entire process internally. Meanwhile, we're completely flipping this on its head with our engagement with ThorChain, where literally our penetration test, our Gantt chart, our progress, our entire scope is completely public. In fact, it's tweeted 
weekly. So, you know, even in the blockchain industry, it's not a very normal thing where you actually see every day what auditors are doing. Um, so that's just from like a, like a high level, like here's precisely what's being worked on. And then I'm trying to think of like the positive work, uh, terminology around like death by a thousand cuts, right? Because it's this idea that like every single day we keep on having findings and talking internally with the team about like, all right, you know, we're just adding and compiling to the report. So I feel like just every day, it's just like a ton of little things that continue to just stack up at the end of this, even just this first like six week engagement. The, yeah, uh, the it's phrase really I great having is, access um, to the, with the enough, devs too. Pardon me. The, the phrase I would use is, uh, you know, with enough eyes, all bugs are shallow. You know, that's really a Munify's approach to it, right? You know, we, uh, we're bringing the largest number of eyes uh, for uh, all amount that uh, makes sense of protocol, you know. Yeah, for sure. And it, having direct access to, you know, talking with, with the developers and the architects and any of the community members helps expedite what we're doing too. So if we maybe have a sixth sense, like, oh, I, I think this might be an issue here, you know, rather than uh, spending a lot of time independently doing something and then, you know, a, a couple weeks later giving the report, you know, you'd be like, hey, I'm trying this. Has anybody else tested this before? Like, hey, you, you, the guys in Trail of Biz or Immunify, like, uh, you know, we want to look at, you know, the memo for some reason, try this. Have you done this yet? Or, you know, what's your take on it? And they can almost say like, oh, yeah, it's a good idea. Or like, oh, no, I tried this before. There's a protection that is put in here. So don't worry about it. Now we're like, oh, okay, now we can kind of react uh, with a lot of agility and, and, and take care of the things that actually need to be looked at rather than spending, you know, <laughs> countless nights just kind of like hacking away at something and hit like a, a roadblock or a dead end. Oh, that, that's really important. I guess my dumb non- uh, dev question for you guys is you guys are like, like Chad mentioned the solvency checker, you guys are adding a lot of protections in place. Like, does that kind of make the system even more complex and like introduce, you know, crazy intense, you know, like high level type bugs down the road? Like, how do you, how does the system manage all of the safeguards and how they interact with each other? And maybe I'm just not thinking about it the right way, but I, I want to stay as the devil's advocate here. No, no, it's, it's a good question to ask. So the answer to that, the simple answer is that, yeah, it does have slightly more complexity and it can introduce uh, like new bugs into the system, right? And that's why you need to do testing, testing internally right now. Uh, we're testing in, in testnet very soon this week and seeing how that goes. We're getting our friends and partners around the world to start slamming on it, finding any bugs if there are any, uh, and then adjusting as we need to. Managing complexity is always a difficult thing in any software project in general. In a crypto project, it's more difficult typically because uh, crypto products tend to be much more complicated to write in code than, you know, Web2 stacks, in a matter of speaking. And in ThorChain's case, it's a, uh, it's a considerably more because ThorChain is very, very complicated uh, protocol, much more complicated than probably any and all DeFi products out there, I would say. Uh, with I, I'll say that with a good amount of confidence, too. Uh, I agree with you. I'll so, support that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. take a look at the code. They, they, they see how, uh, how very complex it is. I mean, even... Even TSS thresholds by itself, just TSS thresholds by itself is more complicated than most DeFi products out there. Just that one aspect by itself. Not to mention the rest of like Thornode itself, Bifrost, manipulating, or not moving, but interfa interfacing with multiple chains, protecting yourself against uh, double spends and reorgs and you know all sorts of crazy situations and doing that completely autonomously. Like that's 
mind-numbingly uh, difficult and complex. But to your point, uh, Tom, like it, it does add slightly more complexity, not considerably more. Um, like for example, like the you know delayed outbound is like adding a couple hundred lines of code, for example. But but it's important because it's the question always should be: is there a, is the return on, uh, on on investment worth the additional complexity? How much? complexity do you add and how much value do you get out of it, right? Now, on the delayed uh, outbound transactions kind of feature we are talking about before, that's in, in part designed to, to say that if somebody did attack the system, they would extrapolate and were successful to do so, they would extrapolate less value in funds than if they just went to a mutified and say, hey, I got a bug, you know, can I have my $300,000 bug bounty? If they were to actually attack the network, they would get like maybe like 250000 or 200000 or some some number, and this this code is designed to to kind of help protect the network from from that kind of case of scenario. So, it does add some complexity, but I would argue that that complexity is, is warranted given how much value and, and security that it kind of cakes into. Well, Chad, the you also get a reputational. You get you get reputational benefits from that as well too, not just financial. Is you know some uh, a black hat hacking the network and and stealing it and having all the you know updates about all oh, Thorchain was hacked. You know that's um, it's a lot better to have a, a white hat or a bug bounty to to uh, discover that uh, just for Absolutely. the the optics of it. You know it, it, it's it's that adds a value to long term. Yeah, and, and I would of, say if you are an, an, an attacker, honestly, at this point, it's probably more valuable to you to actually be to be white hat. You actually make more money as a white hat than you would as a black hat attacking this network, probably. So come with us, help <laughs> us. You'll get paid. All these things like. You know, it's a great opportunity for you. <laughs> well, and your peers are now other world-class white hatters who who have kind of like flipped their own hats in in, in their time, which is another thing to say. But there's another like yeah. there's another salient bit to distill here, which is the the nature of like what's going to come out of of the testing, right? Like Chad's talking about testing, setting up the, even the environment to test for exploits and things like that. Every time you roll something out, the the, the state of cross-chain DeFi testing tools is absolutely behind where it needs to be just for the entire ecology flat out. And so this, this project is going to push that. And so like part of what we're all engaged in right now is also creating, is creating these, this, this unique kind of test environment where you can spin up these different things and you can, you can have the ability to test this code in a different way. Cause you know, where we are and where we're going are two different places. And so we're effectively going to have to build our own roads, which is, you know, that'll benefit everybody. Yeah. Back yeah. To, to Tom's question about the complexity too, of, of how do you manage this like dynamic changing environment? You know, there's really Two two approaches for it, and one of them is, is looking at it by components, which you know we kind of started that. Like let's like, hone in on just the code here, but then there's the whole composability aspect of it, where all right, you know when you look at this one, you know like the router or the Bifrost or the TSS alone, it, there's no vulnerabilities. Code looks fine; it's working as expected. But once you introduce the way it's used in context with the other components, that's when the vulnerabilities come. And, and composability is is very difficult because it's not just something about like a scan or the way that the, the code is, or but it's actually you know functional type of issues, and that requires understanding. It also requires on state of the network at the time too. If you think a lot of like these DeFi type hacks where it's like flash loan attacks or anything, you know that all depends on how much liquidity is on there at a certain moment and how much can you borrow and you know how much is outstanding and and it's something that can't really be tested 
but more about uh, what the risk level is and do you have mitigating controls put there to uh, to either react or, or defend against that risk? Um, so I think that's like where we're going with those blanket type of, uh, of mitigating controls that Chad was mentioning earlier and, and things that we do as we stand up and, and work with the infrastructure live. No, no, that's that's really helpful context, guys. And continuing on my, my questions on, on the on the other side of the table, like, do you guys think that ThorChain lost ground during this, or do you think ThorChain is going to be ever hardened? And, and I asked that question in the context of the community and also in the context of, you know, ThorChain is a, a pretty critical piece of infrastructure, in my opinion. You guys are building real, actual, trustless cross-chain value transfer. It's important. And to Halborn's point earlier, like, you know, it's not a closed bank, right? You're building everything out in the open. It's very important that it is secure. But I am curious, and maybe I'll direct this towards Chad. Like, what's your take on the community here? Like, is the community as strong as it was? Stronger, less strong? Because it's a critical piece when something you know takes a while to fix and to harden. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to speak objectively and, uh, and honestly, uh, I think when the attacks first happened, there was this kind of moment of pile on, right? That I, you know we were seeing on Twitter, we were seeing all these like, kind of mediums, like. You know, even Max Kaiser got a few, you know, jabs into the <laughs> into the into the into the fray here, uh, and so there, it did feel like a dark hour, right, for the for the project for sure. And I I think a lot of people in the community were definitely feeling that uh, in the beginning, but I also do feel like that the, uh, the the strong individuals that we have within this community came together in a way to actually re- to iterate and to say. Let's take a step back. And Gavin was like a good, a good example of this. Uh, just coming in, it's like, what? Let's take a step back. Let's reevaluate everything. Let's bring a lot more hands into it. Let's bring a lot more people into it. And inevitably, the result is this code is and the community is extremely much more hardened than it was before. Like, like I would, I would argue uh, a good magnitude uh, larger than it was before. In that, in that sense, um, the community is definitely uh, behind it in a very strong and very obvious way. We're seeing that, you know, today through social media, but also in private channels, people are, are, are talking to me. And absolutely, people are, are much more hardened in their view. And I, I would argue that the, the project is definitely in a much better position today than it was, you know, the day before the, the attacks actually happened. Even though the network hasn't, hasn't fully restarted yet, it's not doing trading quite yet, I can see kind of like the road down the street and where, we're at, where the project is heading in, in, in general. I'm like, I'm very happy and very excited to see where the project is going. And I'm, I can just see a clear path that we're going to be a much, much better place in a few weeks than we were a few weeks before. No, Chad, I really I appreciate agree with that. the authentic answer yeah. there. Oh, sorry. Keep going. Oh, yeah. No, no I, I completely agree with that, too. And, and th- there's a, a story behind it uh, where it kind of validates what Chad's saying, too. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago or a year ago when GoDaddy you know, got a, a big hack and a lot of my friends were coming up to me saying like, oh, GoDaddy just got hacked. You know, should I move my domain you know, to somewhere else? I'm like, you know, actually now GoDaddy is probably the most secure domain you could be on uh, because, you know, when something, unfortunately, when an incident happens, you know, people, um, whether, you know, it's actually technical people or, or management or their executives, you know, now all of a sudden security is in front, uh, front and center in their mind. And, you know, investment uh, comes in and, and skills come in and protection come in and, and you get the highest level of, of uh, security maturity, um, you know, after an incident. So I would I would definitely say that's the case with this, too, where now uh, the response that we have and, and all of the, the, the team members, communities and the, the companies involved to um, help protect us and get the eyes on it 
Uh, third chain is absolutely probably in the strongest position from a security standpoint uh, right now. No, I love that. And guys, one other question I had for you. How do you guys all like, you know, we have Trail of Bits, we have Halborn, we have Nine Realms, we have Immunify, we have the core devs. Like, how do you guys all coordinate in a way that's productive for all of you? Like, it, like how do you, you know, chat problems? What if you find the same bug, which would be pretty interesting too? Um, how does that happen? Well, well, finding the same uh, bug is absolutely something that's happened. Discord. <laughs> yeah. 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 Look, look, I think um, at this moment, Halborn's working on, you know, a couple dozen projects at any given time with our team that it's constantly growing. And there isn't a single other project that we work on at this moment where we are in direct contact with other auditing firms, other like kind of firms that we normally kind of be vying for similar forms of business with. So it's been really eye-opening and amazing to basically request from the team. Like uh, like right when we got hired to come in, it, it was like, here's a crazy idea. What if you throw us all into the same room together and then we kind of collaborate while we're doing our separate things? What do we kind of collaborate as well? And let's just see what happens. And it's been amazing just to constantly like, learn you know we're learning every day from each other at this point and new relationships are being formed so it's really it's as simple as the fact that there is a separate like private discord channel where we are having these conversations but a lot of it's very public as well so yeah, it all of a sudden turns into a capture the flag event right uh, as, as we hackers like to do it <laughs> it also makes us you know it, it's a bit encouraging too because you know we are peers in this industry and you know, having multiple eyes on it is recommended. You know, we always want, we're never offended by uh, anybody saying like, oh, we want a, a second opinion on uh, on something or have another auditor come in. That means that they actually take security very seriously. Uh, so it's it's admirable. Uh, and, you know, they the, the results are going to be you know, speaking for themselves pretty much from this um, and working directly with this. It's not like we're trying to get the business, you know, from our competitors. It's like, okay, great. No, it's not about that. We're both here to help chain become more secure and it turns into you know a mix of uh, assistance towards like a, a friendly competition in a way it's like oh if we find this bug like hey we need to like announce it right away too you know so uh, we look cool for the for the credit for it but also it may be that they already found it and now we're wasting our time and resources on it so i mean the, the whole the whole process of having uh multiple auditors communicate with each other on this i think it, it's the, the positives are are just speak for themselves. Uh, it's 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 been a very validating uh, and fun experience uh, as well. And one of the yeah, benefits is like you're gonna see we're gonna see the benefits of this. I think expand over time because like we're just now getting to the place over the last month plus where we we're like we all share context and language, and that's taken a long time to even build up. It's like if Chad was the one coming in here with all this context and understanding, like we're all getting ramped up into this thing, and that just starts to pay dividends over the long haul. Like this this is all just kind of getting turned on. But it's like we're going to see that really over the like the benefit of that shakeout, you know, as this thing starts to ramp back up. Yeah, that's something that that I've been really happy about, uh, and 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 is is to see the the context that I have in the code base, be, being somebody who, who one of the deeper uh, understandings of the code base, um, and getting more eyes, more brains into it, and then spending my time to to talk to, answer questions, train you know, get more mindshare of this code base and how it functions, how it works, to get more people, whether it's Halborn, whether it's Trailer Bits, whether it's Thorsec, all these different separate teams, all these different individuals, and, and deepen their understanding of how 
this very difficult and very complex code base actually functions underneath the hood so that uh, it's not just me and you know one other guy, so to speak, who, are, who have a full idea of how this code actually works. There's a whole myriad of teams that are, are, are kind of deepening their understanding just to make it even more of a larger community around the project from a dev perspective. So guys, let's switch to some fun stuff. What is the roadmap, release schedule? You know, what should people look out for? What's next? Uh, yeah, so so the team, uh, along with the community, has worked very hard to uh, to to get the network, you know, back up and running. Uh, it's a multi-phase approach. It's a little bit at a time, taking taking our time and 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 doing it right. The first phase was just to get the, the chain up and uh, Thor chain up itself, just the chain itself, and just committing blocks. All functionality, almost all functionality, was just disabled, uh, just to get the 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 chain up and committing blocks and having block rewards being emitted to LPs and node operators as well. Second part was to kind of enable uh, Thor chain specific um, functionality like sending rune and uh, adding bond or take unbonding and these kind of things, uh, adding it to the Thor chain network itself. That's phase two, which has already been done, and then phase three, which we're in now is to uh, re-enable Bifrost and to start just one chain, the BNB chain uh, first, and get that one up and running, trading. Uh, people can add liquidity, take withdrawal liquidity, whatever they want to do. Uh, that's the the current phase that we're, as a, a community, working on. And so I think this week, it'll be deployed to um, the new changes to, to make that possible to be deployed to testnet. Uh, once it has validated all that then, and, and and everything looks good, if there's any bugs, then we'll go ahead and fix them, patch them, continue on. Uh, then the next phase of that is is uh, opening up the, the UTXO base chain. So that's, that's Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Litecoin, for example. And then the next one after that is the the, the biggest, baddest, the most difficult and complex one, which is Ethereum, uh, largely because it has uh, uh, ACE, which is uh, arbitrary code execution, which makes it more difficult to secure and, and lock down in a sense. We're leaving the, the, the baddest for the last, in a sense, uh, to get the, the chain up and running. That's awesome. No, I'm really excited. And I, I want to zoom out as we close out here. I, I want to talk to you guys. You guys are all pretty intimately involved with ThorChain, the community, and the vision here. I've already said that we're an investor, and happily so, over the past you know, several years. But So we have our own views. But what, what does ThorChain mean to you guys today? And, and I'd be interested to hear how it's changed. Because... You know, it's changed a lot since the initial testnet. Now that we have a real multi-chain future, people aping into Avalanche, Solana, NFTs in the last week, may not Avalanche NFTs yet, but uh, Avalanche, DeFi. But, you know, people aping into plays just shows that a cross-chain future is now a reality, right? Something like ThorChain has to exist, right? And it has to exist at a grand scale. But I'd love to kind of get everyone's thoughts on what ThorChain means to them and and I guess their future for a multi-chain, their thoughts on it. For me, I think uh, ThorChain is setting an example um, that's very, uh, almost like brave. Like you know, when you think of just Thor, the the character itself, you know, from from Marvel or the you know the the, the Norse god, you know, he he's he's just going out there and smacking the hammer down. And I think that's what we're doing here is like setting that was it's so transparent and so public, and it's it's setting an example of like you know we're doing this because we're serious about it. We're not gonna you know give up. Like oh, we got hacked. You know, it's all over. It's like, no, we'll, we'll persist. This is just whatever, you know, brush your shoulders off, go forward, and everybody's getting involved. We get through this and come out stronger. And it's going to give a lot more like faith into the, into the network as a whole. And, you know, they always say that uh, there's no such thing as bad publicity either. So I think that uh, after this is all done and, and it, 
or back to normal, it's going to be such a such a great and long term thing that's going to be uh, making Thorchain persist for for many years to come. Absolutely. Anybody else have any closing thoughts before we close out? Yeah, I, I think for me, to take a more uh, esoteric perspective, maybe um, Thorchain has a lot of uh, technological innovations to it uh, that they're just doing that things that never, nobody's ever done before, right? Whether that's using special signatures to lock up hundreds of millions of dollars or uh, even protecting against MEB attacks, for example. Like there's all sorts of things actually happening within the stack that are innovative. But for me, what I actually see the value of Thorchain out from a more uh, higher level perspective is actually it's a human rights push, right? Like Bitcoin was, a, was, to me, was the first human right that was granted to all peoples across the entire planet, no matter what side of an imaginary line that you happen to be born on. You actually had the, for the first time in human history, everybody had access to, a, to a, a basic inalienable human right, which was the ability to hold your own wealth <laughs> in a completely sovereign way. Like that was like, I don't think people, uh, a lot of people recognize how massive of a contribution to humanity Bitcoin was, right? That was absolutely astonishing. Uh, and I think ThorChain is just taking that idea moving just a slightly a little bit further and saying that not only can you store your own, your own wealth, you know, as Bitcoin did, but you can actually exchange your wealth to another asset of your choosing, right? Without being uh, requiring some sort of entity in the middle of it all to to allow you to do it or not allow you to do it or any of these kind of things. It's to me, it's, a, it's actually a massive push for human rights. Uh, and that and it's partially what gets me excited about the project is the idea that that no matter where you are on the planet, you can actually transact and move your assets from one chain to another chain. You can actually provide whatever value you have at whatever amounts you have into a system and you know get a 30 40 50 percent apy like that's amazing without you know needing to kyc or not it doesn't matter if you're a man woman black white who gives a fuck sorry for swearing but like who cares like like that's a massive massive thing like, that's the biggest movement in income equality the world has ever seen that is an absolutely massive thing and we should all be applauding this. We should all be like getting behind this. This is a this is a world shifting technology, not just like Thorchain, but Bitcoin and, and other contributors to the space. It's absolutely astonishing, and I'm super proud to be a part of it. Chad, as a big Bitcoin maximalist myself, uh, first of all, I got goosebumps. Thank you for that. Uh, my favorite quote: You may have heard it before, or if not, but they always say uh, that fiat is the government's money. Gold is God's money, and and Bitcoin and Thorchain is the people's money, and it's you know self sovereignty and giving to it. So I think uh, that's right in line with the, the spirit and and, and the uh, the principles that you just went through. Yeah, guys, this is incredible. I really appreciate like the authentic and, and kind of devil's advocate kind of conversation here. It's it's I'm really excited for Thorchain. I, I do think it's a critical piece of infrastructure, and to have Trail of Bits, um, obviously not here, but shout out to you guys as well. To have them unified, to have nine realms, to have Halborn, to have the core devs, um, it really is nice to see you guys all come together to harden the protocol. So I, I am very excited for you guys. Um, shout out for for uh, you know going through all those sleepless nights to, to clear things out when it happened. But I uh, really appreciate you guys all coming on tonight. Thanks, John. Here's a parting note on that yes. side. It's like if you guys think the last 12, 18 months was good, just wait till the next 12, 18. Like this is where it happens. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Excited, guys. We'll talk soon. <laughs> Before we go, we'd like to thank our sponsors for making this episode possible. With a proven track record of delivering products safely, the Kava platform is DeFi's most trusted, scalable, and secure institutional-grade cross-chain engine. 
In addition to the protocols Kava and Hard, the Kava platform is launching Swap Protocol, a cross-chain AMM liquidity hub bridging DeFi, blockchains, and financial services to swap the world's largest assets and maximize yields across your entire portfolio. Try for yourself or learn more today by visiting kava.io. Celo is an open platform for mobile-first DeFi with a vision of bringing decentralized financial tools and services to anyone with a mobile phone. Eco-friendly, Ethereum-compatible, and governed by Celo holders, Celo's proof-of-stake consensus mechanism and automatic daily carbon offsets make Celo the world's first carbon-negative blockchain, offsetting over 2,200 tons of carbon to date. To learn more about how to lend, earn, and stake with Celo's growing family of platform-native stablecoins, visit Celo.org today. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it, please support the show by hitting subscribe on iTunes, writing a review, or sharing this episode on Twitter and LinkedIn. And stay tuned for our next episode out soon.